Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, myself and Robbie Triano, the host of Midwest Madness, also from SiriusXM's Big 12 today. We're here to talk about Texas, Oklahoma, the future of the Big 12, and also Big 12 hoops, the gift that just keeps on giving Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday every single week. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to both Locked On Big 12 and to Midwest Madness, wherever you guys get your podcasts. You guys can find this show here on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel, like the videos, leave your comments. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find Robbie at the Triano Kid. And you guys can find Locked On Big 12 at LO Big 12. We're also today brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Robbie, so first thing is first. Nice to see you as always. Um, the Oklahoma and Texas stuff. It just kind of keeps it keeps going, right? Last week we heard, okay, it's on pause for right now. Or it sounded like it was basically dead from Dennis Dodd. Then Brett McMurphy says, well, it's not dead. It's just on hold. And then obviously we have the cheeky remarks from Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark on his way into the tunnel this week when he was like, ah, negotiations, they take twists and turns. So let's go with first what you what you want to happen. What do you want to happen with Texas and Oklahoma and their future in the Big 12? So as a fan of the Big 12, I would hope they stay. Now that might be a, a controversial opinion. But if you're a fan of Kansas State, you haven't had a problem with Oklahoma. I understand you lost to Texas this year, but you haven't had a problem with them. If you're TCU, you have no problem with either of them. Like, if you're any of the teams, you should want to beat up on them one last time. Just to be like, you know what, we sent them out with a big old kick on their butt because we did that. If I was a fan of the Big 12 teams, I would want to do that. But I'm someone who wants the league to do well, and I want the other eight schools to do well and all the teams to do well. And it's clear that Fox is holding this up. And I think it's in the best interest of those teams if OU and Texas were to leave so they could get some money to fund basically the new expansion because there's going to be a pie being split with those four schools. And for those two years now, it's going to be drained out of the these these eight schools right now. So for me, obviously as a fan, I want to see I want to see the play action. But if anything else, like business-wise, it is bad. It is bad that OU and Texas are not leaving now, even if they don't give the full whatever million amount. If they can just get 60 to 70% of that, that would have been huge. But I don't see Fox giving that up. Yeah. So there's there's a couple ways. There's a couple ways to look at it financially, right? Like there is there is a way in which Oklahoma and Texas staying in the league is still beneficial for them in terms of ratings. Uh, you know, in terms of like postseason, right? Getting bowl teams, potentially college football playoff teams, right? I mean, only two Big 12 teams have been to the CFP. It's Oklahoma and TCU, right? And so for Oklahoma were to go, it's still more money for the league and whatnot. And also the NCAA tournament as well. You know, it's great because Texas this season is going to be in the NCAA tournament. And for each game they win, that is more money kicked back to the rest of the league. And look, they look like a team that might be able to make a run to, you know, weekend number two, maybe even weekend number three. Right. So that's the, that that is good. Um, there is also a way that, you know, and there's so many facets to this. 
that you take advantage of their desperation to leave, which is clear. There is desperation for those schools. They want it. They want out so badly. Correct. Um, and you basically exploit that and you have them pay as much money. And so, yeah, the big question is, I don't, I don't know if there's a massive difference. Like, I don't know if there's a huge difference between what the TV state TV is money and the revenues that get paid out is if they stay or if they go, like, I think it's pretty hard to, to figure that out. You do make a good point though, with the, once again, like the big 12, the other remaining eight schools are in some ways going to supplement UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. And they're going to kind of kick some money there until it's everybody's kind of all the way up at the same revenue point, right? That that's kind of going to be the, the way of the, the world for the big 12 for the next few years or so. I'm not sure when they kick up all the way to the, to the actual revenues, everything's equal. That's the way it's going to work. So yeah, there's a couple ways that could happen. I think also when I think about this, you know, it, it is, it is Fox's prerogative to, to basically say, uh, we like, no, right. Because what we did here is that the big 12 and, and Texas and OU did come to an agreement. And if you're Brett, your mark, like if Fox says, no, they say no, because they paid for Oklahoma and Texas football games on their station. And I think it would be dumb if I'm a Texas exec to guess and say, Oh, well, we think this amount will cover, you know, what we'd sell in advertising. We think this, this could do it. If I'm, if I'm Fox, I want, I want games. I want them either now, or I want them down the road. I, I want other conference games or I want non-conference games. So Robbie, do you sympathize with, I mean, I'm not really going to say I sympathize with big, big TV, but like they, it, they have a good point. I mean, that's a pretty strong business point for them to stick on. Yeah. I, I, I actually like believe in Fox and I think they're doing kind of the right thing. Like imagine if, Fox was running a McDonald's and let's say that OU and Texas are the Big Mac and the quarter pounder. And then now you have to run a McDonald's without selling the Big Mac and the quarter pounder. It's like, wait a minute, like this doesn't make any sense. Like I paid for this McDonald's to sell these things, but you're not there. Like it makes complete sense for them. And like it, I understand they bring in the money when it comes to where the eyeballs for them. That's not, that's not a debate. So it makes perfectly sense, like perfect sense what they are doing for that. And also like sneaky thing, I kind of like that if they were here for the next two years, I do kind of like the idea of because OU and Texas are going to be playing a lot of the new schools, that's other eyeballs on those other programs. So like more eyeballs are now going to be watching UCF football or going to be watching Houston and Cincinnati and BYU and like that, that's going to be good for the rest of the league just to be like, oh, OK, I have an, at least an understanding of this, because unless you are a true diehard college football fan, you're probably not watching American conference football unless it's like the championship game and you have some money on the line. But now if you just love Big 12 football and you can watch that, like that is good for the league. So those are like some reasons why I do kind of like the idea of OU and Texas being here for the next two years. Yeah. And there's going to be so much, the one, the one reason I can't see it happening and maybe it does happen. Like maybe, maybe Fox is like, we're not going to budge on this. Uh, and they shouldn't budge on that either. But I mean, there's, there's so much animosity, especially, and, and here's the thing. I, for me, as somebody who has not had an individual big 12 school that like they went to or pull for like 
I I am more partial to the to the rest of the of of the schools. Like I like the remaining eight, and I like the incoming the, the incoming four. And I think, like you mentioned at the beginning, like some of individual attitudes toward te- towards Texas and Oklahoma vary based off of what school you are, right? So Texas Tech probably feels differently than than Oklahoma State feels than than TCU feels. Um. But I would say, like, there, there's no part of this that's a competition thing where it's like, we can't beat these guys, can't wait for them to leave. And there's no part of this competition-wise for OU and Texas when it comes to football and basketball where we're like, we're just tired of lapping the field. I mean, these guys, they can't, they could not beat us if they tried. Like, ironically, it's, it's going the other way, right? Since the announcement, OU got close to being in the Big 12 championship game, but they were denied in 2021. And then, you know, I know, I guess it came down to the last week this past season, but K-State just had to beat Kansas at home. And look, let's be honest, they were a much better team at that point of the year than KU was. Uh, they were not going to lose that game. And they came, so like, to be honest, they really didn't come that close to being there, right? Uh, so the competition part of it's really, it's really interesting. You know, it's almost like, it's funny to think the Texas Longhorns right now in basketball kind of represent the best chance that OU and Texas have for a championship in the two major sports, right? Men's basketball and football, which is really funny to think about. So yeah, competitively, it's still like a lot of fun, right? I mean, I think also the only thing it could do is it could, the disappointment for OU in Texas could pile on because as the recruiting stays as good as it's been, if they don't start racking up wins, that is, that's a bad look. Because if you just go check 24 seven sports ratings in football, they're, they're, they, as they normally are, pretty far ahead. And they've been pretty far ahead. But it really hasn't mattered the last couple of years. So I actually think there's a big embarrassment factor because like there are plenty of schools in the SEC that underperform, but all of them, all of them are recruiting in the same neighborhood. So like, you know, somebody has to lose games, right? Like Auburn and Ole Miss have to lose games. Arkansas has to lose games. Missouri and South Carolina are going to have to lose games, although they might have these top classes. In this conference, that's not that's not that's not the truth. So I think they want to be in a place where it's like, uh, losing's not as as accepted, but like somebody has to lose in the SEC, and it's much less embarrassing when you do in the SEC. I think. Yeah. Now looking at them, let's say they are here for the next two years. What is right. that going to look like this upcoming year? I think Texas is probably going to be the favorite. You can have disagreements. I think they have the best offense. You have Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nayor. You have Jatavian Sanders. Now you add so many other pieces. I understand you lose Bijan. Great offensive line. Oklahoma, I think, is going to be better than what they are. But the the thing is, if they do stay for that second year, brother, OU and Texas will run the league at that point. They will have the best quarterback play, Jackson Arnold. Say, they better, game. right? They better be running the league at that point. Yeah. So – if you're a fan of the Big 12, I understand you want to kick them in, in the butt, but also, like, you should be understanding, oh, like, they are recruiting ahead and shoulders than the rest of us, and from what I can see from Steve Sarkeesian, there is improvement. Like, it's not like he is a bad head coach. I'm going to assume Oklahoma is better. So just prepare, if they're here for that second year, for them to be running the conference per usual like Oklahoma does and Texas to be a much better team just because I think talent wise, they're going to, it's not going to be pretty. And by that point, probably all the COVID eligibility is out the window. Right. And, and when it comes to Brett Yormark's comments, what do you make? I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, he's late to this party, right? I mean, you know, he, he did not show up obviously when, when this was happening, he came afterwards, you know, I think for him, because he's so used to being in these situations, he is the big 12 in some ways is almost the middleman, Right. Because now it's OU in Texas, the SEC slash ESPN, we all put them in one pot together. 
it's them and Fox that have to get this thing figured out. So the Big 12, you know, I think I think either way, Robbie, I think they're actually fine with this, right? Because either you get you you keep getting increased revenues, they're getting more money year to year, oh, you know, over time because look, the, the performances from these teams in the Big 12, like they're getting themselves into big dollar games, whether it be football or basketball, they continually get themselves in big dollar games in big spots, at not just Oklahoma and Texas. So they're fine there, or you know what? They get, they get the payout, right? They get the payout they're looking for. Or, or in the case of you know one of Fox's ideas, they want more games down the line. They get big payout games down the line from Fox, right? Now, I, I, I'd assume that they, you know if they get those games, the number that Fox would be paying to the Big Twelve would increase, right? Like if if Fox is going to get Texas Tech versus Texas or Oklahoma versus, I mean, I think Bedlam's kind of the big one, right? Like that one feels like the big the big one you could do. Also, I would say TCU, Texas, right? That game was Saturday night football. That was a right. huge game this year. Big, you know, it was a big spot. I think games like that, like you continue to talk about those being some well rating games. So they, they get some more there. So like, I'm not, the reason why you know, talk, uh, the conference expansion, oh my God, you know, it freaks us out. Like I'm really not worried about the conference when it comes to this. I think whatever happens, they win. It's just a matter of like, how much are they going to win? But I think everything's kind of a win, right? Like, I mean, as far as having your two most lucrative teams leave the league, you know, you can win. I think it's a winning spot, kind of with where they are now in terms of the situation. Yeah. And if I could just, like, be a fly in the wall of Brett Yormark's life, I just kind of want to know how much has this impacted, like, how much ibuprofen he's had to take or how much headache medicine of dealing with OU in Texas. If they were out the window, he'd be like, yes, I have these 12 teams. Everyone is doing so great. We have this new look. He calls the big 12, like this 25 or 26 year old startup. But now he's like, God, I have to deal with these two other annoying little things over there. So once this is over and once these details are finalized, I really think Bart Yormark's life is going to be better. I understand he already has gray hair, but it might not look as gray. I think he's going to be a lot more better of a human being. But just, just I, full, full bald, maybe you just yeah. have to go full bald. And he's handling things somewhere. great, though. Like honestly, like he hasn't. I don't like he made the the deal. He made the TV right. media deal. Obviously, it's not his doing that TCU is amazing at at football and had the right. season that they did, and that the Big Twelve is this good at basketball. But it feels like the confidence in big 12 fans have never been stronger with him. And I really think that is important and he's doing things the right way and the way he's approaching the media and keeping us informed. He's doing a great job. So thank you, Mr. Yormark. Yeah. And they're, they seem pretty, I, I know the schedule release stuff was, was kind of like a weird thing. Uh, the messaging from the big 12 is pretty organized. Like they, like you hear them, like the messaging is kind of, I know Oklahoma Texas fans might disagree, but like it feels like they, they, they everybody's on the same page, right? There's not how much, not a whole lot of blindsiding happening. Yeah. And to with them. the schedule release, like it obviously there was a lot of like built up people being like, we want the schedule release, and then they dropped like a teaser, like boom, you're gonna get it. Like the Pac-12 and the other, they're just like, here you go. Like at least they made an event out of this thing and made the other schools feel welcome. Like, thank you, Big 12, for that. I Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's talk some hoops. First quick word from our sponsors today. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. And you guys know the deal. It is the Super Bowl week. So you guys can head over to the FanDuel Sportsbook right now to place a no-sweat wager on the big game. They've got a lot of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And once again, a no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. 
if your first bet does not win. So you guys can go to fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. Once again, fanduel.com slash locked on for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Robbie. So uh, first question about the basketball. I mean, how, I mean, how, how are we having too much fun every night? <laughs> are we having, are we having too much fun? I think, I think we might be having too much fun. I I'm not I've... sure the coaches are having fun. Cause like, it, I mean, that, that K-State <laughs> Kansas back to back for, uh, for, for, for Texas is pretty tough, but like, I'm just, I'm having too much fun. I think I really think I'm having too much fun. Yeah. I think I've crowned maybe six different teams as big 12 champ. Uh, I've, basically been wrong about every single team and this league is just an absolute joy as soon as you think one thing eh, wrong i think i think kansas is the best team eh, three game losing streak i think it's iowa state eh, they lose a bunch i think it's texas they just lost to kansas this league is awesome it's really really damn hard for you and i to get a read on this entire league to say you know that's the team but my god like the talent up and down in this league and the fact that there's only two teams that are considered clunkers in this league right now with Oklahoma and Texas Tech, and I still enjoy watching them somewhat, it's just a sign of like, wow, you can literally turn on any any single game and be entertained just because, one, the coaching is incredible. Yeah, two, the, yeah. the home environments are just insane this year. Yeah, like, yeah. Hilton Coliseum has been awesome up and down. the like, And also just like each team has, in my opinion, at least one to two, like, at least a star or a really damn good like second to third piece. This league has been awesome right now, but I still have no idea who's going to win this thing. Yeah, and I would say the one team that doesn't fit that particularly is Oklahoma State, and like they're still beating the hell out of us. Like they beat the hell out of Oklahoma twice in the last couple of weeks, right? I know a lot of people are doing that right now, but you know, like they've got the capabilities and they're they're a well coached bunch. Um, to the title race, I think that's where we have to go. And let me double check this right now. So I saw as of yesterday. The odds of the FanDuel Sportsbook, Texas was minus 110 to win the Bay 12 coming out of the weekend. That is in big part to the fact that they they went to uh, the Octagon of Doom at Bramwich and won a game there. And look, last night they didn't win, and KU's played a lot of teams really close in Allen Fieldhouse this year. But that Texas needed to win that game if we were to have any clarity now because now it's all bets are off. I mean, I, I I thought TCU would not be able to win this thing. They are definitely within striking distance. I'm still skeptical, though, because of the injuries. I don't think Iowa State can win this thing because they're not good enough at home. Kansas, you know me. I've been on KU all year. I'm saying that's the team. That's the team. That's the team. The problem is, though, is that, like, if you want to say they're not doing well enough on a night-to-night basis, that's fine. Updated odds. So Texas is still your favorite, plus 200. Uh, Kansas is plus 250. Iowa State plus 300, Baylor plus 550, which is that's where I would go. TCU is plus 1200. So you're seeing all these down the line, man. Uh, after watching last night's game, that version of Kansas, it could do it. But we keep saying that this, there's a night where you can say about every single group, right? And the thing is, like, Texas I had a lot of confidence in. But what do you think is going to happen, Robbie, when you have a four-game stretch where you play at Tennessee? I think the Baylor game was at home. And then at KU and at K, that's the last four games Texas had to play. The, and, and look, like I know Tennessee games an outlier or whatever, but you just replace that with like Iowa State, and that's still a brutal four game stretch. So, you know, it's hard to figure things out because like 
we might look at a two and two stretch for, for Texas and say, ah, they're playing some of the best basketball of the season, right? A- absolutely. And the fact that they just came off a game against Kansas state on Saturday, had a day rest. And then you go to the fog to play. I mean, I really do enjoy watching Texas a whole lot. And it's funny because I don't think there's a all first team type of player on that team. It might be Marcus Carr just because Miles or Mike Miles is going to be injured the rest of the year. I don't know what's going to happen there. So he may get it. But this team is just like a really good team is what I see. They're long. They are so strong. Like everyone there is like way too muscular. I don't understand it. But they don't have a big. They don't have like someone who is necessarily like you consider the anchor of that team. But like. All of these like three players of like Dylan DeSue, Christian Bishop, and Timmy Allen are like the same version of like a wing forward and that can somewhat play guard at some points. They can switch onto everyone. They do have Marcus Carr, although Tyrese Hunter hasn't been the scoring threat. What he can do defensively, I think he is such a good on ball defender. And I know the stats don't like back it up with the amount of steals. He's really good and their depth is awesome. I thought that that they're a really good team and like they have not that performance against Kansas did not make me think less of them. It made me think a whole lot about Kansas because Jalen Wilson has two points and like anytime Jalen Wilson has held the two points, that's like an automatic W. But now we're starting to see Dewan Harris Jr. be the player you and I have wanted him to be or like the aggressiveness or the confidence that we want him to have 17 points. He's dishing it. The rest of the team is backing it up. Grady Dick is scoring. Joseph Yesifu is starting to be the only bench player in Kansas to do something. Kansas like is starting to realize, okay, if we attack the rim, if we attack the hole, we're going to be fine. Dwan Harris needs to start finishing things. And if he does do that, defensers are going to have to respect him. And you can't leave Grady Dick open on three. So everything just gets open for them. I really do think Kansas is starting to find it a little bit. But they're one injury, one bad performance away from them being a a team that is, one, not going to win the Big 12 or an early exit in March just because I do still think they have some deficiencies. But right now they're proving that even if they don't have their star going off, they can still win. And that is huge, huge. Yeah, and that's the thing in a tournament setting that's like, you know, there's not going to be – three or four games in a row where Jalen Wilson can't score. And the reason why we can pretty confidently say that is because they've had to play such a difficult schedule and he's been just a monster every single night. And I also thought, I mean, last night it wasn't like he was two for 13. Was he one for seven? I think. Yeah. So, and he got in foul trouble too. Right. Well. And a little bit, but like it was, it didn't feel like he was forcing things. And and I think that was, it was huge last night to see them do that and to see Dewan Harris and Grady Dick do that. And I, I think, you know, and and I think KJ Adams, like I really like him a lot. I, I've always mentioned this. He does a really good job of finding space, like beyond a guard playing defense, and just in front of the big enough to to catch a ball, turn around, and shoot. Right? Like normally, big guys don't have enough time to come. You know, they're basically come, come here, come to the paint, and he says, "No, I'll take a full, you know, eight foot floater." He's really good with that. They're they're going to need some more from the depth. They're going to need, I think, you know, there needs to be a Joseph Yasufu game at some point. You know, where he yeah. steps up, not it saying 25. His, his game just happened. I don't know right. if they're going to get like that again. Right. But but here's the thing is, you know, we saw when he was at Drake, like guy can, guy can score, but maybe it's not, it's not 30, maybe it's 12, right? You know, maybe we need to get 12 from him or, you know, eight, eight from Pettiford. So that's the big key for them. You mentioned Tyrese Hunter. Robbie, what if he had stayed at Iowa State? Like, I, I think for him this year, 
you know, and I was listening to Field of 68 last night. You're having a good conversation about this. Marcus Carr is so ball dominant, man. He hammers that rock. Like it, it, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of pound on the basketball going on for Marcus Carr. And, and and that that works for them, right? He is a really dynamic offensive player. He is a good scorer. He was lighting it up and he was horrible in the first half last night. He lit that thing up in the second half. Serge Barry Rice has found a way to play with him, right? There's been games with Christian Bishop and Timmy Allen have found a way to play with him. Tyrese Hunter's not there yet. And I look at this Iowa State team, and I actually know they got pretty decent guard play, but there is 110% a spot for Tyrese Hunter on that team. And I just wonder if my outlook on I and I have been very critical of Iowa State because I don't think that I think that team's really good. They're awesome at home. I think they're awesome at defense. But you can't tell me this version this year is better than last year's when Tyrese Hunter and Isaiah Brock and go and get me buckets in the NCAA tournament. And I don't trust their guys now to do that. And I, if they had Tyrese Hunter, Robbie, I, I I might be checking them off as yeah, I could see them in the final four. I, I they'd be check I'd check them off right now saying that. Yeah, I feel like Iowa State is just like one player, one good player away. So that's like that's a good point. Good starting lineup. They have good depth, but not the best in this league. Caleb Grill. You have Jaron Holmes. You have Tatum Lipsy. Really good guard play. Like they're like a four guard team with one big. It's really interesting. I kind of like the play, the way they play defense, and it's kind of. They're, they're stylistically where the Big 12 is right now. We think of a team like Baylor, very guard-heavy. Texas is kind of an outlier right now. You have two really good guards, and then there's like three forwards, but no true big. Also, speaking of that, Tyrese Hunter like needs to be better for Texas, and I yeah. don't know like what his role can be because right now in their starting lineup, it's Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen get buckets, and then everyone else is kind of just like uh, – like, I play ch- a lot of chess now. Everyone else is kind of just like a defensive or a pawn type of mm. player. No one's really scoring on offense, like out of Dylan Mitchell, Dylan DeSue, and Tyrese Hunter is kind of just like not filling it up. You have Serge Barry Rice, but this league is very guard heavy. And I agree. Like if, if Iowa state were to just have the Tyrese Hunter in their back pocket and come off the bench or even have like Caleb grill off the bench or Jaron Holm, like, like that team would be, I think much better than where I currently have them because I have three teams that I think, I can confidently say can win the big 12 and I have three that I don't think can, even though statistically they are in the mix. All right. So who are your three? I have Kansas. I'm walking that back. I think talent wise they're, they're, they're fine. I think it's, I think it's Texas. And the third team I think is Baylor. Yeah. Like you have nothing yeah. who is coming back. The guard play on that team is incredible. J- Jalen Bridges is like, becoming one of the best wings in the entire league. He's stepping up as a scorer so much. You're coached by Scott Drew. You have good bench depth and scores, and now you have this physical beast in a league with not many bigs. Like, Baylor is right there, and I think they are currently, like, gaining the momentum needed. And, like, if I were to put money, we talked about bets, I would put money on the Baylor Bears right now. Like, I personally think they are better than Texas, uh, even though, like, like, Texas just beat them. I, I think Baylor right now is going to be a force the rest of the year. So they've got Oklahoma next. If they win that game, Robbie, it'll be eight of their last nine that they've won. Then they play TCU on the road. And, you know, I, I am I am starting to get a little concerned because they need to get the guys back and get them back, like, into, you know, 
there there is only playing shape. Like there is playing shape and there is in shape. And those it's guys concerning are that shape. we haven't heard anything about Mike Miles. Just a yes. little concern. Like nothing. Yes, because that group was gangbusters before. And I was like, I actually I was like, you can just put that team to the side. Like, I don't really care what happens in conference play. As long as you don't lose five in a row, I'm pretty sure I know what that team is. I'm a little concerned there, but but with with Oklahoma or with a Baylor rather, if they can snatch that TCU game on the road, they then have West Virginia at home. That if they win that one, that's that you know, if they can go three for three, and it's very possible they can these next three. We're talking about a team that's going to have one. I think it's 10 of their last 11 at that point. There is a difficult stretch coming for them after, after that it is at the Kansas schools and then Texas at home, which is very, very challenging. But the good news is they're, they're a game and a half back of Texas. They've got that Texas game coming. They've got a favorable stretch. And also I think the one, the one concerning part was when is Jonathan John with going to come back and he's back and they don't need him to play, you know, 30 minutes a game. It's not what they need. Um, I do want to, you know, there's a lot of conversation about this group and comparing them to the championship group, right? Keontae George is the most talented guard out of all. If we're talking about Mitchell, Teague, Butler, uh, mm-hmm. Cryer, Flagler, and George, I think George is by far the most talented out of them. Agreed. That trio that, that they had of Butler, Teague, and Mitchell was like a tsunami. And I don't know if this group is there yet. I don't, maybe they hit that Robbie, but that was a, that was a different kind of, of scoring. They, and they could just, they, I love Baylor's offense. It's awesome. They spread you out. They attack. They let guys be themselves. They let them be individual players and make individual plays. And I love the way Scott drew empowers his guys. But our Flagler, Cryer, and George Butler, Teague, and and Mitchell, I don't think they are. And look, I mean, very few trios are. Like, there is an argument for Baylor being that that being one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. I will hear that argument. Hundred percent. I will hear that argument. Correct. I don't. I don't know if this group has not just that kind of juice, but like, is that big three for them on the outside good enough? to win tournament games week in week out and just keep, you know, keep that, keep them, keep rolling. Cause there are times they stall on offense mm-hmm. and don't have many, the Kansas game, like they really didn't have a whole lot of answers until they did in the end, but they're just, they weren't running good offense. I, I don't know if it, it, they're dangerous though. They're 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 the thing with the next three. I mean, I, I, I think they're right up there to win the, win the big 12 championship. Playmaking wise. It's the, Butler, Davion, Teague thing. Right. Like, and also like having Mark Vidal, like Mark Vidal's knows it's the defensive guy. He was an excellent passer. Like he was so good at yep. getting people open. And like, if out of those three, obviously I would pick the one from the national title team, but if based on pure offensive talent, I think the team that they have right now, those three are, are better. Like they, I think they shoot the ball better. I think Keontae George does so much more. The thing that they are missing is the defensive Davion Mitchell. Oh my God, the things he could do to just get a stop. It is hard for Baylor to get stops right now. Defensively in the league, one of the worst, one of the worst when it comes to how good they are in the country. Ken Palm has them 74th in the entire country, even though they are 12th, according to their overall rating, third best offense in the whole country. So offensively, they're going to be fine, but they need to find that defense. And that's why I am so excited for them to have JTT back and not just flow Thamba to just be this like tree 
in the middle of the court and who also does nothing on offense. Like he's so soft. I I, I do not like watching him play. But JTT, I, I really do think that is a good like player for them. And I think he's going to do so much more with that team. Yeah, just a guy who can take more of those minutes, right? Just kind of take more of the big man minutes, can play some five for you. You know, I'm wondering where he feels like his legs are at this point in time. I think it's an interesting question. But we'll uh, we will see. So, if you had to, if you had to put him right now, most likely to win the Big Twelve championship. And I'll tell you what, Robbie. I I have a feeling that we're we're heading towards a tie. I think the most likely situation is we have one. So lame, but it's kind of on par for this year. But like, right? I've been thinking about it. Like, okay, if you, I mean, Kansas still has problems. Texas still has the like I, I thought Tennessee exposed some stuff for them. Tennessee made it nearly impossible for them to score. They had to work so hard for everything in that game. Um, and Baylor, would you say? Would you say the like what order would you put those three schools in right now? Texas, Baylor, and, and KU. Oh, that's difficult. Um, wow, that's actually a really good question. But if I were to just like go full on like what I think of like who are the best teams and I throw the standings aside like who I think are the best teams right now I think is Baylor at the top I d- I think scoring wise and defense they're going to be so much better and mm-hmm. I think just more consistent more options than the other two I have to put Kansas number two based on what just happened and then Texas number three although I think out of those three the team I like watching the most right now is Texas mm-hmm. just because yeah. they're such a gritty group they are so strong defensively that it's like what I want out of a team. They hustle for everything. They have these long bodies that can switch. And then just like the last five minutes of watching Marcus Carr are an absolute treat, no matter if it's going in or not. He's just like willing to shoot anything. And like what he did the last two minutes of the Kansas game yesterday was incredible. He was just shooting. Everybody knew he was going to shoot and he still made it or he got fouled. Like he was, he was putting on a clinic yesterday and you could tell Rodney Terry's like, you're the only thing we can do. Give the ball to him. So uh, those are my three right now, but like, I'm sorry, Kansas state. I don't see it right now. You guys are kind of in the decline of your year. Not anything against drum tang. No one thought you're going to be at this spot. Right. Good for you. Iowa state. You, you can't play every game at home. Good point. Uh, And TCU injuries. I can't put any faith in them. So those are the three teams right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also shout out. I I feel really bad for Avery Anderson too. Let's mention him really quickly. A guy, you know, who is, Really helping that team. Well, it's a 500 team in conference now, Robbie. It's five, yeah. they're 500 in Big 12 play. So, really good job, Mike Boyd and, and, and crew there. But I want to give some credit to Caleb Boone, best big in the league yeah. right now. He deserves consideration for first team. He's been awesome the last two weeks. Yeah, he's been great. No, no doubt about that. All right, Robbie, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Go listen to the Midwest Madness podcast after this. Talk all things Big 12 hoops. Right now, we have a bracket challenge to find out the best home court advantage in the Big 12. Go to that Twitter page. Vote for your school. The championship will be on Thursday voting, so go do that. Follow me on Twitter, at the Triano Kid. Oh, yeah, you can listen to Big 12 Radio with Josh and I on Sirius XM Channel 375. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube as well. All right, Robbie, Till next time. I uh, appreciate right. you coming on as always. See you, Josh.